What's good, cyber friends, and welcome to Technically Cyber. In this episode, we're going to talk about the combination of artificial intelligence and healthcare. Can you imagine a world where machines can read the whispers of our hearts or even unravel the complexities of our minds? Hey, what about tapping into the potential of our very brains? From boosting heart health to enhancing our mental well-being, AI is reshaping the landscape of our lives. But hold on, how many of you have heard of Neuralink? Well, stick around and I'll tell you about Elon Musk's plan to merge your brain with artificial intelligence. Welcome to Technically Cyber, where we unravel the digital world in a not-so-technical way. I'm your host, Sean Brown, here to guide you through cybersecurity with a touch of humor, a sprinkle of insight, and a whole lot of fun. Let's dive in. Welcome, 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 dear friends. Welcome to another exciting episode of Technically Cyber. With this episode, we're on episode number nine. So if you're listening to this, if you have any questions about our episodes, DM me at Technically Cyber on Facebook and Instagram, or you can email us at technicallycyber at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing your thoughts about this episode or any previous episode. If you have any ideas or anything that you wish for us to discuss in the future, DM us. Email us, let us know, and we'll be sure to respond. Today's episode is the last episode in our artificial intelligence series. We began the series talking about artificial intelligence in society. And in that episode, we talked about how artificial intelligence is creating millions of jobs while also eliminating millions of jobs. I even told the story about my time in Germany when I went into a McDonald's and there was no one at the register. Well, well, that was the first time it happened to me, but it wasn't the last time. Every time I went into that McDonald's after that, there weren't anyone behind the register. I had to order my meals through the kiosk. And in that episode, we talked about the evolution of artificial intelligence and how it reminds me of Skynet from the Terminator franchise. After that episode, I started to think, should I be worried that artificial intelligence is going to take over and launch a nuclear attack against all humanity? Probably not. But there do need to be some guardrails placed upon artificial intelligence. Man, I think the only ones that will or can place guardrails against artificial intelligence will be the U.S. government. But in our second episode of the artificial intelligence series, AI and education, we talked about how we can use artificial intelligence to create individual lesson plans for our kids to help ensure that they stay at or above grade level. With the COVID pandemic forcing kids to go to online learning, a lot of kids struggled with that through no fault of their own. Even if the kids weren't at grade level, their schools promoted them with their peers. At this point in time, I'm beginning to think school is more of a social experiment than an educational environment because you have several kids that cannot read or write at grade level, but yet they're still being promoted with their peers. So this is where artificial intelligence come in, where educators and parents can create individual lesson plans for their kids to help them learn in an engaging manner to keep up with their peers at their grade level. In that episode, we learned how we can use artificial intelligence to create lesson plans to help our kids go from average students to exceptional students. And today we're closing out this series with AI and healthcare. And I think this is an interesting topic because doing research for this topic, I come to find out that doctors are tasked with providing healthcare to a population, not individuals. So the healthcare that you are receiving 
is not tailored specifically for you, but it's tailored for people in your situation. But what has history taught us thus far? That everyone is an individual. Your pain is not my pain. How you experience pain is not the same way I experience pain. Some mothers give birth and they're back on their feet the same day, while others give birth and they may be bedridden for weeks because of the pain or the trauma that their body went through while giving birth. So everyone experiences the same medical condition differently and healthcare should be tailored to each individual for that specific reason. Currently, the University of Florida Health Center is using artificial intelligence to assist doctors and nurses with patient care. And that's just one hospital in the United States. As artificial intelligence tools becomes more accessible, more hospitals are going to acquire this technology to assist doctors and nurses with patient care. Why? Because AI is a powerful tool that can help us improve our overall health and well-being. But it also comes with some challenges and ethical issues. With these challenges and issues, I've taken the liberty to come up with a few questions that need to be answered. Now, how do we ensure the quality, safety, and privacy of this AI in healthcare? I mean, can I trust the technology to take care of me over an actual doctor who has probably been taking care of patients for years? And with that, how do we deal with the stigmas, the fears, and the mistrust that some of us have towards AI? I mean, how do I know that they can do whatever it is that they're supposed to do? I mean, I don't want to embrace AI and then it turns into Skynet all over again. Well, not all over again, because Skynet hasn't happened and hopefully it doesn't. Well, anyway, how do we balance the human factor and the machine in healthcare? Think about this. How can AI duplicate empathy? These are some of the questions that we will try to answer in this episode. So stay tuned. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but AI is transforming the way healthcare professionals provide care and how patients receive it. Some AI tools can help improve the quality and accessibility of healthcare by analyzing information, automating tasks, and enhancing decision-making. These AI tools are typically broken down into two categories, clinical and administrative tools. Now, clinical AI tools have several uses. They can help predict health outcomes, recommend treatments, guide surgical care, they can also monitor patients and support population health management. For instance, these clinical AI tools can help diagnose diseases such as skin cancer, breast cancer, and diabetic retinopathy by analyzing images and detecting abnormalities. These clinical tools can also help personalize treatment plans for patients with chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and depression by using information from electronic health records, wearable devices, and a host of self-reported symptoms. Now, with admin AI tools, these tools can help reduce the burden of healthcare providers and increase efficiency by taking digital notes, optimizing operational processes, and automating difficult tasks. For example, AI can help transcribe and summarize clinical conversations. It can generate billing codes, schedule appointments, and process claims. AI can also help improve the patient experience and satisfaction by providing chatbots, virtual assistants, and online platforms that can answer questions, provide information, and facilitate access to care. One such admin tool is a device called CarePredict. Now this is a wearable device, sort of like an iWatch, but this one is designed to help seniors age independently, safely, and comfortably, while providing a peace of mind to their caregivers and loved ones. Now we all know that seniors have developed a routine throughout their life that they stick with day in and day out. With CarePredict, it learns the routine of each individual user, such as their heart rate, their walk pattern, how often they use the restroom, and when do they eat. 
you know, information like that. Once it gathers all this information, it begins to look for minor changes to this unique behavior, such as taking longer to walk or not waking up as often as usual or going to the bathroom more than normal. Once a change is detected, this device will notify the healthcare provider. Now, personally, I think this is awesome because it can assist you in taking care of your elderly family members. But just like with everything else, there are pros and cons to it. Some of the pros of using this device is it can track and analyze various aspects of an elderly person's behavior, such as eating, sleeping, walking, bathing, and socializing. It can then alert caregivers if there are any changes that could indicate a potential health problem, such as a fall, a urinary tract infection, or depression. It can also provide personalized recommendations for elderly care, such as medication reminders, activity suggestions, and wellness tips based on their individual needs and preferences. CarePredict can also improve the quality elderly care by reducing the reliance on human observation and manual documentation and providing objective and reasonable insights for caregivers. And lastly, it can improve the communication and collaboration between the elderly, their families, and their healthcare providers by allowing them to access and share information and feedback through the app. And with that many pros, you know there has to be some cons. Some of the cons that I have for this technology is that it may not be compatible with some seniors in their lifestyle. I mean, it's required for them to always wear this device on their wrist. What happens if it interferes with their daily activities or with their comfort? This also assumes that everyone has a wrist to place this device on. I mean, I guess they can place it on their ankle, but that defeats the purpose. Another issue that I have is privacy and ethical concerns. You know, as it collects and stores all of this sensitive information about the elderly and their health care, who's in charge and who's making sure that this information is being cared for according to law? Care Predict may not be affordable or accessible for some seniors and their caregivers as the wearable device alone costs about $700 and then you must pay for a monthly subscription. And lastly, how reliable and accurate is this information going to be? CarePredict may not be reliable or accurate in some situation as it depends on the quality of the data, the algorithms, and the census and may encounter technical issues or errors. If your loved one or patient doesn't wear this device, how are you tracking this information anyway? You know, just like I mentioned before, these seniors are set in their ways. They built up a routine over their lifetime. So if they don't want to wear the device, it's going to be hard to make them wear this device. Artificial intelligence has the potential to change how we receive healthcare and improve the lives of millions of people around the world. However, there are also challenges and risks associated with AI, such as data access, bias, transparency, privacy, and ethical issues. Therefore, it is important to develop and implement AI tools in a reasonable and collaborative manner, involving stakeholders from different sectors and disciplines, and ensuring that human values and interests are respected and protected. Anytime you see the heart symbol, it always equals love. Why is that? But I don't know how many of you know this, but heart disease is the number one killer in the world. It claims more than 17 million lives every year. Now, heart health is an area in which we could probably use AI to help us fight this deadly enemy. I mean, we can use AI to help us monitor and diagnose heart conditions. We can have it do this by analyzing different types of information, such as images, sounds, and signals. For example, AI can use images such as retinal photographs to assess the risk of cardiovascular diseases by simply measuring the features of the blood vessels. AI can also use electrocardiograms, and some of you may be thinking, electro who? 
Well, electrocardiogram is just a medical term for a recording of the electrical activity of the heart. Anyway, this can be used to detect abnormal heart rhythms and weak heart pumps. AI can even use heart imaging techniques such as coronary CT angiography to diagnose coronary artery disease, which is technically the narrowing or blockage of the arteries that supply blood to the heart. AI can not only monitor and diagnose cardiovascular conditions, but it can also help us prevent them. By using AI, we can identify high-risk patients, provide personalized recommendations, and deliver timely interventions. AI can also help us improve the quality of cardiac care by reducing errors, enhancing communication, and facilitating telehealth. It can also help us advance the research and innovation in the field of cardiology by discovering new insights, developing new methods, and creating new devices. One such device is a digital stethoscope named ECHO. It uses machine learning algorithms to analyze heart sounds and electrocardiograms for any signs of heart disease. Now this is a special device because this is a stethoscope with a display on it that can provide immediate feedback. This display can show you things like the patient's heartbeat, if tachycardia or bradycardia is detected, or it can simply tell you if no abnormalities have been detected. It can also detect heart murmurs or AFib, with high accuracy and sensitivity, it can perform non-invasive diagnosis of valvular heart disease and heart failure using a four-point assessment or a 15-second spot check. It can also store and share its findings and exam reports by way of the Echo app, which can be downloaded on any mobile device. It can also live stream heart sounds and ECGs in real time for telehealth purposes, but you can only do that with a paid subscription. But just like with all AI tools, there are some drawbacks for using this device. The first one that I can think of is the price. This device costs roughly $400. Not only do you have to purchase this device, but you would want someone with healthcare experience or training using it. I mean, I wouldn't want my housekeeper to use this device on me. And even with this device, there are still some questions like, what happens if you use this device on someone whose regular heartbeat is irregular? Or maybe their heart pounds a little harder than what is considered to be normal. How does this device distinguish between the nuances of simply being human to provide an accurate reading? And again, this is a $400 stethoscope, no matter how much stuff it can do. But aside from echo, AI is currently being used to help predict heart health. Radiologists are also applying AI to electrocardiograms to detect the presence of a weak heart pump and AFib, which are both associated with increased CVD risk. Then you have artificial neural networks. These networks can classify the types of coronary artery plaque based solely on CT images. Scientists are currently developing AI methods for non-invasive diagnosis of coronary artery diseases using cardiovascular imaging techniques such as coronary CT angiographies. But with all of that, AI is a powerful tool that can help us monitor and diagnose heart conditions and ultimately save lives. However, AI is not a magic bullet that can solve all our problems. AI has its own limitations, challenges, and ethical issues, such as information quality, privacy, security, and accountability. Therefore, we need to use AI responsibly, collaboratively, and transparently with the guidance of human experts and the involvement of patients. By doing so, we can harness the potential of AI to improve the health and well-being of millions of people around the world. For many men, we were taught never to show emotions. You can deal with it, whatever it is. If you were feeling down about something, someone told you to just get over it. But what I've come to realize 
This was just simply mental and emotional abuse. Over the last couple of years, mental health has become a hot buzzword. You know, I think that's a great thing that people are finally starting to take care of their mental health. I believe that your mental health triggers your overall health. And mental health is a vital part of our well-being. It affects how we think, how we feel, and how we act. However, many people struggle with mental health issues, such as depression, anxiety, and stress, especially during challenging times like the COVID pandemic. Just think about how you felt during COVID. I mean, I don't want to equate it to jail, but many of us felt as if we were in jail during the COVID lockdown. Mentally, we were going through it, especially when it came about that we had to help teach our kids. When that in itself was hard, because even our kids struggled with mental health during the pandemic, and online learning didn't help them at all. Some kids just never adjusted to it. Man, listen, COVID taught me that these teachers deserve a huge pay raise. Don't be shy. I know some of you felt the same way. You couldn't wait for school to open back up so you could send your kids to their real parents. I know you feel those air quotes. That COVID lockdown placed a huge mental strain on everyone. Fortunately for some, they were able to get the care that they needed to help get them through that tough time. Unfortunately, not everyone had access to quality and affordable mental health care due to various roadblocks such as stigma, cost, and shortage of healthcare professionals. This is where artificial intelligence can play a crucial role in improving mental health diagnosis and support. As it pertains to mental health, AI can help us in several ways, such as it can help analyze information from various sources, such as brain imaging, genetic tests, and natural language to identify biomarkers of mental health conditions and improve the accuracy of diagnosis. And it's important to improve the accuracy of these diagnoses because not everyone's kid has ADD or ADHD. Some of these kids are just plain bad. AI can also assist in providing structured interventions and support through chatbots. These chatbots can offer treatments such as cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, and motivational interviewing. It can also help to match prospective clients with the right therapist and the right type of therapy based on their preferences, needs, and goals. And I do think it's important for people to get the right type of therapy based upon their needs. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that luxury, so they just go to the nearest provider. That provider may not be the best for their needs, but that provider is there for them. And then it is at that point, we got to ask ourselves, are we helping the patient or hurting the patient by giving them what we want to give them instead of giving them what they desperately need? And this is important because when I was in therapy the first time, I had a positive therapist and she was constantly telling me that everything was going to be all right. I used to sit there like, I know, I know, but that wasn't helping me. I needed a therapist that was going to be blunt and brutally honest with me. And it took a while, but now I have a therapist that will sit there and say to me, you're full of crap or something along the lines of that was stupid. Why would you do that? But when she says stuff like that, it really gets me to thinking like, why did I do that? Anyway, with that, AI can also assist with monitoring the quality and effectiveness of therapy sessions. It should be able to do this by using natural language processing to analyze the language used by therapists and clients. Lastly, and most importantly to me, AI can help extend the reach and accessibility of mental health care by using AI to reduce costs, increase efficiency, and facilitate telehealth. And I think this is where tools like Wobot can make a difference. Wobot is simply an AI-powered chatbot that uses natural language processing to provide mental health interventions based on cognitive behavioral therapy. This is a proven technique to help people cope with their negative thoughts and emotions. Wobot is an app and it's available for Apple and Android users. You can also use it through Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. I believe that's the beauty of it. 
The designers of this chatbot are trying to meet you wherever you are so that you can get the help that you need. It can chat with users about what they're feeling. It can offer insight and provide feedback. It can also teach coping skills and track your mood and progress over time. But don't look at this as an actual replacement for your therapist. You should view this as a supportive friend that can help you with your mental health needs at any time and anywhere. Wobot is designed to be friendly, humorous, and it can also adapt to the user's preferences and personality. I'm being told that it can also be empathetic, but I'm having a hard time seeing how an AI chatbot can display or even understand empathy. Hey, we have a lot of people that can't understand that. But it has also been reported that Wobot can handle sensitive topics such as suicide and self-harm, and it will also refer users to appropriate resources if needed. This is one of the several AI devices that are emerging in the field of mental health, along with others such as Wisa, Huki, and UChat. These AI devices intend to provide more personalized, evidence-based, and scalable solutions for mental health care, and to complement the existing services and professionals. And the keyword is complement, not replace. However, these AI devices also face some challenges and limitations, such as information quality, privacy, security, and accountability. Therefore, they need to be used responsibly, collaboratively, and transparently with the guidance of human experts and the involvement of patients. Now with Wobot, it has to be recommended by your doctor, so it's like a prescription. But once you're prescribed it, you can use it 24-7. Artificial intelligence has the potential to transform and revolutionize the mental health field by providing more personalized, evidence-based, and scalable solutions. However, AI is not a magic bullet that can solve all our problems. AI possess the promise of reshaping and revolutionizing the field of mental health, bringing with it a new era of personalized and evidence-based results. However, it's critical to understand that AI isn't fairy dust that you sprinkle and it fixes everything. It comes with its own challenges, ranging from data quality and privacy to security and accountability. In order to truly unlock the power of artificial intelligence, we must approach it responsibly. This involves working hand-in-hand -hand with the experts while actively engaging patients in the process. By navigating these complexities together, we can harness the full potential of AI to enhance the mental health and well-being of millions across the globe. <laughs> Lastly, let's talk about a topic that many of you want to know about, Neuralink. Now, this is a company founded by Elon Musk that's trying to develop high bandwidth brain to machine interfaces that will be able to combine humans with artificial intelligence. Now, this company is trying to create computer chips that can be implanted into the human brain or more appropriately on the human skull. And the goal of this is to be able to connect your brain directly to the internet. Neuralink's vision is to enhance human cognitive abilities, revolutionize human communication and potentially address various neurological disorders. But Neuralink has a lot of potential as it pertains to healthcare, such as helping to restore mobility and independence to people with paralysis, spinal cord injuries, or neurodegenerative diseases. It will allow them to control external devices, such as prosthetic limbs, electric wheelchairs, or computers, simply with their thoughts. It's also supposed to help improve diagnosis and treatment of various neurological conditions, such as epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, or depression. And it does this by monitoring and modulating brain activity, detecting abnormal patterns, and delivering targeted stimulation to the brain. Eventually, it will also be able to enhance sensory functions such as vision, hearing, 
or touch by bypassing damaged pathways and providing artificial inputs to the brain, such as images, sound, or physical sensations. Lastly, it's expected to be able to expand human learning and memory by enabling the download of knowledge and skills directly into the brain or the upload of experiences and memories to external storage devices so that you never forget them. Neuralink's technology is still in the early stages of testing and development, and it's faced with several technical, ethical, and social challenges. However, it also holds the promise of creating a new era of human-AI relationship where humans can tap into the vast potential of AI and AI can benefit from the creativity and intuition of humans. With Neuralink, I wonder how important it's going to be to go to school. Because if you're already connected directly to the internet, do you really need to go to school to read or write? As your brain connects directly to the internet, will you automatically know how to speak several different languages? There are so many questions with Neuralink that I have. Like if I put that chip in my head right now, can I go out and perform heart surgery? I mean, all the information is online. If the online is connected to my head, why won't I be able to go in there and do that? See, it's technology like this where the government should put guardrails on to ensure that something like that doesn't happen. Tons of questions. There's a lot of gray area there that I do believe lawmakers will have to get involved in before Neuralink becomes a reality. But this is where technology is headed. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Technically Cyber. Stay cyber savvy, stay secure, and remember, in the world of digital exploration, knowledge is your greatest armor. Until next time.